Welcome back to this week's episode of the Mindset Minutes episode with the Investor Mindset. And I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento. And each week I share mindset tips and investing strategies to help grow your business and take it to the next level. And this week we're focusing on continuing our conversation about investment summary, the all-in-one marketing package for every commercial real estate deal. Last week we dove into you know deal structure and track record. And this week we're going to be continuing that conversation, understanding financial projections, and the importance of understanding the equity multiple and how that plays a role in your total returns. So if you're just joining us uh, on this series, make sure you head back uh, and listen to all of the episodes related to passive investing to really lay a phenomenal foundation You know, once you finish this one right now. So join us each week as we share more mindset tips and investing strategies to help you build true financial independence through real estate by hitting that subscribe button down below and making sure you never miss another episode. And of course, remember to grab the full Passive Investor Playbook, the ultimate guide on passive investing. You can do that at theinvestormindset.com passive, and you can grab the link right down here in the show notes. And you're going to want to do that because it's chocked full of all the information that we've been talking about over the past few episodes. We're going to be diving deep into the details about the five core benefits of investing in real estate, about active versus passive investing, about how to go and find sponsors, about how to vet those sponsors, and about how to understand all the details that are going to be necessary for you to lay the foundation to go and work with any sponsor that's out there, right? This is a really, really valuable resource we're excited to be able to put together. So make sure you go grab that at theinvestormindset.com slash passive. So let's dive right into it. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. So when we're looking at financial projections, at the core of every investment is the financials, right? It comes down to what is the business plan and how are the numbers, the finances, the expenses, as well as the projected income going to play a role together into being able to deliver the type of returns that are being projected by the sponsor. And it's really important to understand what goes into these financials and how the different pieces end up playing a role. Right. So, you know, if you were to go and talk with three different underwriters and give them the exact same deal, they're most likely going to come up with slightly different views on that because of the type of, uh, you know, assumptions that they're going in with, you know, and, and it really makes a big difference based on the local, you know, the local market, the local market dynamics, the details of the business plan, the debt terms, you know, the capital expenditures, the type of renovations they're planning on doing, the other value add components, how stabilized it is. There's a lot of different pieces that end up playing a role. And you're going to compare the business plan that they're talking about with the financials that are actually being shown here. So, you know, you should always want to ask some questions to understand what are the assumptions that are being made. And you're asking those questions to yourself when you're reviewing the investment summary. So, you know, as you're reviewing this summary, you're asking yourself, well, you know, what is the, you know, the exit cap? In other words, what is the price that they're going to sell the property for, you know, in the future? 
Are they expecting to sell it at a lower exit cap rate than they're currently purchasing at? A lower exit cap rate means it's more expensive, or are they planning on selling it at a exit cap rate that's higher, meaning that the market is actually softened? It's more conservative conservative to go down the path of you know focusing on an exit cap rate that's softened than, than the reverse. And so what you want to be doing is you want to be looking through and looking for some of these key indicators that indicate that they're being conservative or indicate what is going into the underwriting that they're thinking about here. So you should be asking these questions to yourself first, and then you should be writing these questions down uh, to make sure that you can ask them to the sponsor, either on the due diligence call or on, you know, the webinar or whatever format your, your sponsor, the one that you're reviewing that deal is able to provide those answers. And it's important because you want to know the answers to these questions before you invest. It's not necessarily the fact that you had the question means you shouldn't invest. It's rather what's the answer going to be? And does that answer come into alignment with your investing goals? Again, it's critical to know what your goals are so that you can get in the right vehicle and go down the right path in order to end up getting there. And some of these common assumptions that we like to look at or underwrite more conservatively to might be what we just talked about, the higher exit cap rate than the going in cap rate. In other words, the cap rate or the price that we're purchasing the property at. You know, what are the sufficient reserves that the operator has in place? Are these enough for one month, for two months, for five months, for a year? What are those uh, initial reserves that the team is holding back? That's going to indicate how conservative they're going to be. Because remember, Nothing goes bad in real estate just because of the economy. It's actually because operators aren't able to pay the bills when the economy isn't quite what they expected it to be. So it's really important that you're looking for those reserves. You know, are they raising significant or sufficient capital in order to do whatever kind of capital expenditures or, you know, construction or renovations they're planning on doing, you know, or are they banking on making money on cash flow in order to be able to fund that? It's important, I think, from a conservative standpoint that you that you're raising that capital, you're making sure that the the property is not constricted from a lack of uh, money to be able to get the job done that you know you need to get done. You know, and there's many, many more that go into, you know, everything from, you know, what kind of construction projects are they going to do? You know, how conservative are the projections? You know, who is actually going to execute the construction projects and what experience do they have on that front, specifically dealing with, you know, keeping budgets in line. All those kind of things are really important and all things that you can definitely learn about by looking at the, the investment summary and the financial projections and then diving deeper with the sponsor or the operator or the general partners of that opportunity. And so a part of the financial projections is going to be what are those investor returns? And we talked about deal structure. We talked about what you're going to be expecting out of that. You know, IRR, internal rate of return, you're going to be looking at, well, what is my actual return going to be? What's my annualized return going to be? What's my cash on cash or cash flow that's going to be paid out to me, you know, every month or every quarter, every year going to look like? And are those going to be in alignment with my goals? There's no right or wrong answer. Going conservative is going to be great for somebody and going, you know, extremely aggressive is going to be great for somebody else. It's important to know what you're looking for. And one of those metrics happens to be something called equity multiple. And it's a very simple, simple uh, thing to understand. But sometimes people forget about looking at this. And one of the things is how quickly are you going to double your money or at what uh, multiple of a return are you going to get? And so the simple calculation shows, you know, what's expected over the life of the investment. You know, the longer somebody holds the deal, you know, the 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 more those returns start adding up and giving you the ability to you know increase your equity multiple 
you know, and oftentimes they think, you know, a lot of people seem to agree that, you know, if it's a short timeline and a big return, there's probably some more risk involved. And so what I'm looking for in deals depends on the type of deal that I'm looking for. Am I going for high risk, high reward, uh, appreciation only or appreciation hybrid that is really focused on more value add? Then I might expect a higher equity multiple, maybe a maybe a two. Maybe I'm looking to double my money in the period of you know three to five years, or maybe I'm looking to triple my money or quadruple my money. Now, I'm not taking those kind of risks personally in my portfolio. I think it's great if you, you know, if you're the kind of person who wants to go and, you know, take that kind of risk. But what I'm recommending for a lot of people, especially if you're new, you're getting started out or you're not sure about your risk profile, I'd recommend starting a little bit lower risk. And so your equity multiple might be lower depending on how long that properties being held. So, you know, you might look for something like, you know, on a five-year hold, maybe it's a, maybe it's a 1.7 or 1.5 equity multiple, or maybe uh, it ends up coming out to a two, like you're doubling your money. You've got a 15% annualized return on a two. And so these are things that you want to be thinking about yourself when you're deciding what are the kind of returns that you're looking for. And it's always easy to fall into the trap of thinking, I'm only looking for the highest return. No. What you need to be looking for is how does the return that I'm receiving uh, relate to the risk that I'm taking in order to get that return? If I could guarantee you that if I gave you a dollar, you'd give me a dollar and one penny back, I would take it all day because that's free money, right? And so as you're starting to you know, show an example of, hey, well, if I give you $1 and I get $2 back and my risk is you know, medium you know, medium or medium high, then, okay, well, that's something I can take on. Or, you know, if I'm going to give you $1, I'm going to give you a dollar seventy back or, you know, essentially a 1.7 equity multiple or 1.6, you know, then I'm going to look at that. I'm going to say, okay, that is, you know, probably a, a medium to low type of risk, or maybe it's a low risk. It depends on the type of deal. And so you're going to look at that and you're going to have to decide what is going to be the best fit for you. But knowing some of these numbers and then, you know, obviously being able to talk with the sponsor team to answer some of the questions we talked about is going to be really important. You know, and the final thing, but definitely one of the most important things to understand is the business plan. And that business plan is is developed during the underwriting stage, right? So when somebody is sitting down and analyzing the numbers and understanding what they're going to be putting together, they're going to be essentially coming up with the plan of attack. What is it we're going to do with this property? How are we going to add value or how are we going to decrease expenses or increase income? What are the different levers that we're going to pull and how are we going to end up delivering that for our investors? And so that's where the business plan is going to come in. And so you're going to want to understand, well, what's going into that and how does it play into the financial projections and really the overall investment summary? So to really pull this all together, the investment summary is a an all-in-one marketing package. It's an all-in-one explanation of what you would expect as an investor. Now, there's some other documents called a private placement memorandum, a PPM, and an operating agreement that are going to come out, and that's going to dictate the specific legal pieces that go into whatever that offering is. And you want to make sure that the two line up, right? With the with great operators, are going to line up. You know, Chris crystal clear. And so you're just going to look for a couple of key things in there to make sure that, you know, that the returns are lining up, that the voting structure is as you expected to, and that the timeline is what you expected. But once you wrap all that up together, you know, you can 
and you've done your vetting, you can start to decide, hey, is this a, an opportunity that I want to invest in or is this one I want to pass on and, and look for another? And so, you know, nothing wrong with passing on a deal. I think it's great to, you know, pass until you're ready to invest and you've got confident in yourself and confident in the, the partners that you're looking at. And then at some point you pull the trigger and you invest either the minimum or you invest what you feel comfortable with based on the deal and you go along for the ride and you see um, those returns start to come in and then you invest in the next one and the next one. You don't have to put all of your money into one deal. That's one of the big advantages of investing in syndication is that you're able to actually diversify across maybe different deals, different geographies, or different operators. So those are things that I, I highly recommend you take a look at. So if you got value out of this, I highly recommend that you go grab yourself the free copy of the, the Passive Investor Playbook, the ultimate guide on passive real estate investing. And of course, remember, that's available right here at theinvestormindset.com slash passive. You know, it's got a bunch of great information diving much deeper than the stuff we talked about today and in past uh, episodes of this Passive Investor series. Take advantage of it. We put a lot of time into it, a lot of experience, interviewed a lot of folks to, to make sure that we could pull together the best thought leaders um, into one place, one resource for all of our friends, our investors, and all of our members. And so um, with that, I want to remind you guys to take action, to live a life worth inspiring others and go apply this in your life. Go figure out, hey, what is an investment summary that I'm going to go take a look at and go get start getting comfortable with this start asking questions and start getting yourself to a place where you're ready to say hey you know i'm going to start investing or i'm going to start going down this path or i'm going to start talking about this with friends so that they can start learning about some of the opportunities so they can start building the financial freedom and financial independence that they know is possible so as i'll leave you as i always do thank you so much i'm so grateful to have you guys here and thank you for all the support. If you love what we're doing, definitely go drop us a review on iTunes, your favorite platform. It greatly helps us reach more people. And uh, I will see you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.